This podcast is sponsored by the Copywriter Underground. It's our new membership designed for you to help you attract more clients and hit 10K a month consistently. For more information or to sign up, go to thecopywriterunderground.com. What if you could hang out with seriously talented copywriters and other experts, ask them about their successes and failures, their work processes, and their habits, then steal an idea or two to inspire your own work? That's what Rob and I do every week at the Copywriter Club podcast. You're invited to join the club for episode 110 as we chat with course creation expert and money mindset coach Colleen Arneal about how she became the passive income queen, why money mindset is so important, even if you think that it's a little woo-woo, building passive income into our businesses and how copywriters can build their authority and expertise. Colleen, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're glad you're here, and it's a pleasure to have you here. We've worked together in the past, and I know so many copywriters really are working on their money mindset, and even if they don't know they need it, we know that they need it based on the questions they're asking us on a regular basis. So let's just jump into your story, and how did you end up as a money mindset coach? Yeah, it's actually kind of a little bit of a roundabout way. When I was younger, I always thought I was going to be a psychologist. So I went to university, I did my undergrad, went on to grad school, did my master's in clinical. And as I was almost done my PhD, I kind of had this awakening that at least in the traditional sense of being a psychologist, it wasn't the right path for me. So I'd come so far, I just finished out my degree, but then I launched an e-commerce program online. And love customer service, passionate about it. And that's where I started in the online field. And what I noticed as I was taking courses to learn how to market and grow my e-commerce business was there was some people who could teach programs in an amazing way and other people who had so much knowledge, but they just didn't know how to share that information to actually get people results and help them create transformation. And I had spent... a lot of years at the university level lecturing and teaching. And I just got really inspired to be like, okay, I need to help people better understand how they can create their curriculums and develop their programs and share their information so that it's a really positive experience and people get results. So I transitioned out of my e-com business and that's how I first came online and was teaching the strategy part. But what I noticed was happening was a lot of my students weren't getting to the end result. Either they were going down a rabbit hole and never finishing their courses, or they had a course, but they were just not getting out there and selling it. And for a long time, I kind of took that on personally, as I think a lot of us tend to do. But then I realized, oh, this actually isn't about the program. It's not about me not showing up and supporting them. It's that they're getting in their own way and there's a lot of fears and beliefs that are tripping up their journey. And so that was when I created my first money mindset program and started to really incorporate a lot more of it in the work that I do. Colleen, I've heard the statistic that only 4% of people who buy courses actually finish globally. And that probably includes a lot of those free courses and, and that kind of thing. But like that's a, mm-hmm. that is a minuscule number of people given how much money people pay for courses. So like, what are those, what are those fears and beliefs that are getting in the way of us completing a course or training or, you know, university, you know, class or whatever that thing is that you know, is keeping us from doing our work? Yeah, absolutely. So what happens is consciously, right, we have this desire for some kind of transformation, whatever area of our life it happens to be in, right? We know we have a goal, there's something we want to create. And it's one thing when we set that intention one day, and it doesn't have to appear in like three seconds, obviously, but if we've been working towards it for a while, and it's still not happening, or we're not able to create consistent um, progress in that, right? Maybe we step forward, but then we take 10 steps back, that kind of thing. What that usually means is there's some kind of resistance that's there, right? So we often talk about money blocks and money blocks are basically these subconscious, they obviously, they don't hang out in our conscious awareness, but these subconscious beliefs and fears that are tripping up our process of actually making things happen. So to give you a few examples of some like super common ones, 
So one might be, I have to work hard to make money. Okay, it's a really simple one. And we're often taught that as kids, right? It's really important to have this strong work ethic and to hustle and apply yourself. And on a lot of levels, it sounds like a really positive quality, but you can see how holding that belief could at the same time then create this incredible sense of overwhelm and things have to be difficult and you have to be pouring hours and hours and hours in for you know any money you're making for it you know, to be aligned with that belief. So that's one really common belief. Um, I think another one that comes up for people is people won't pay for that. Okay, this is another really common one. People won't pay for that. Would anyone really pay for this, right? That's also a belief that's tripping you up because if you don't believe that people are gonna pay for it, then guess what? You're gonna have that mirrored back to you and people are gonna look at you sideways and think like, well, I could just get this information for free. And the truth is people don't pay for information. They never do. They pay for a transformation. And when you create programs or done for you services or coach, whatever, you know, your modality happens to be, what you're doing is presenting information in a systematic way that is actually designed to support them in taking action to create transformation. And that packaged system, people are always going to pay to have them fast track towards it, right? And if people aren't willing to pay, then usually it's a question of how much have you shown the value around that. But it's not, therefore, I can't do this because I offered it once and, you know, no one wants to buy. You know, that's a belief that can drive. So there's a ton. Another last common one is, you know, there's somebody else doing that, so there's no point in me doing it, right? We might not normally think of that as a money block, But it is. It's something that trips us up. It gets in our way of confidently taking action to share our message and share our offers when the reality is there's room for everyone in this world and we all need to hear a message or we all connect differently with different people saying that message so that, you know, we can ultimately get to where we want to go. So these are hitting home for me already, um, especially the first one. I have to work hard to make money. This is one I'm currently struggling with. So um, what would you say to a copywriter listening who may be struggling with one of those beliefs that you shared, or maybe all of them like me? So once we're aware that we have this belief and it's hurting us potentially, what do we do to change it? Yeah. So one of the first things I like to go towards is looking at the story that you're telling yourself. So there's always going to be some kind of reason. And when I say it completely honestly, an excuse, like they're often kind of excuses that we make, some kind of excuse we're making about why our reality is the way it happens to be. So that's the first place to start is going, okay, so what exactly is it that I'm telling myself about why I feel like I have to work so hard, okay? What evidence do I have in life of maybe when was I rewarded for working hard? Okay, when was I told that this was a good thing? Do I judge people who don't work hard? Okay, how are you feeling about people who aren't working as hard and earning? Because that's important because whatever we judge, we cannot welcome back into our own world. Super, super important. So you want to watch, not because judgments make you a bad person, just that they're a golden source of information and you want to take that and leverage that. The other thing I always say is, and this is so powerful, but when we're stuck on a belief or we're stuck in a pattern, okay, it shows up, those beliefs just show up as usually behavioral patterns is how we can start to recognize them in our day-to-day life because beliefs are kind of intangible, right? So when you see yourself in a pattern like that and you know, for example, you're overworking, you want to ask yourself what the payoff is. Because ironically, what's happening is there is a bigger payoff right now. You are getting something bigger out of feeling like you need to work hard than that alternate reality of things being easier and more in flow. And at first, it sounds incredibly counterintuitive, like, Colleen, that's crazy pants. There is no way I would want to choose this space. But the fact that we are in it and we continue to be in it, it just reflects how strongly magnetized we are to it. And, you know, in psychology world, like, you know, when we talk about motivating people, when we talk about moving people towards a goal people are far more motivated to move away from pain than they are to move towards pleasure. So what happens is when you're stuck in pattern like that, there is not enough of an aversion to your current way of life. There's a level in which it's functioning and serving you and working eh, well enough for you 
that it's not as strong enough of a repelling that's going on for you to be super motivated to get away from there and actually moving towards what you want. And on the flip side, you can also have there be a lot of things that might happen that you're worried about when you do have what you want. So whether it's like working less hard or we're just talking about maybe having more money, you know, maybe you're worried your friends are going to judge you about that. Like, oh, did you hear Kira only works like 15 hours a week and she makes six figures a month, right? Like, what are your friends and family going to think about that, right? Sometimes we're worried about the disruptions or judgment or rejection or vulnerability that can come with that success that on one hand can be really positive, but there's a lot of other things that can make it feel unsafe. Okay. So I'm really interested to dive into this a little bit because I'm one of those people who has always thought of money mindset as being maybe just a little bit of woo woo. And even though, you know, I definitely have feelings about money or, you know, hangups or whatever, like they, I, I always sort of had them in the background. And then as I've thought about it more and more, you know, I do recognize that some of these things, you know, are manifesting themselves in the way that I use money or have money, you know, is it difficult to save or, do, you know, money scarcity, you know, based off of maybe hearing my parents argue about money, those kinds of things. So are there exercises that we can sort of step through to really identify, like, what are our beliefs about money and how do we overcome them? Or is it just like what you're saying? It's like, you just have to kind of look at your circumstances and, and kind of suss it out that way. Help, help me get to what my problems are here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think the first thing is, like you're talking about, Whenever we're, we're approaching this, we want to have as much clarity around what our outcome is that we don't have that we want. And there could be a ton of them, right? But start by picking one clear outcome. So, and by that, I mean, it could be I'm not earning X amount, you know, or it could be I'm tired of earning, but not having money at the end of the month because it slips through my fingers, like, you know, or I'm tired of being in debt, like d- decide kind of what, you know, angle for you fits and pick that as a focus that you want to start with. And what you want to ask yourself is, why do you believe you don't have what you want? Okay, why do you believe you don't have what you want? So start with that. Um, You can just like journal on it, you can like write about it. And look at what are you blaming? And what are you holding responsible for that? Okay, because a lot of the time what we do is we explain things away to factors that are external to ourselves. And it's normal. Okay. It's normal that we all do that. But the actual reality is what we're existing in and what we're living in, in our current reality, in our current world is a hundred percent a reflection of ourselves. We're the ones who've created it. And at first that can sound a bit like, Colleen, are you blaming me? Are you blaming me for everything in my life? And I don't mean it like that. What I mean it from the perspective of is when we have an awareness around our ability to take responsibility, and that's the difference, responsibility versus blame. When we can take that responsibility, all of a sudden it's like we're taking over the wheel of the bus. Instead of the bus being chauffeured, you know, by our subconscious, we're going to take that wheel. And when we do that, okay, we step back into our own power. So you want to look at the ways in which right now you're actually trying to offload or explain away, okay, that story you're telling yourself about why you don't have what you want. So look at that. The other really big thing um, that I would say to do as well is think about the version of you that has what it is you want. So that is debt free or that has a ton of savings in the bank or that is earning, you know, 10K a month, 100K a month, whatever your goals are. Okay. I want you to get crystal clear on who they are as a person because the harsh reality is they are not who you are right now. And sometimes people think, but I don't want to change. I don't want to change who I am. And I'm not saying like you become some devil reincarnate version of yourself. Okay. This is not about becoming evil or becoming any of those stereotypes that a lot of people have around people who have money. It's about being yourself, but it's about being a higher version of yourself. So we need to think about this person who has what we want. Like, how does he or she show up daily? What do they do? How are they feeling? How are they acting? Because it's not the way that you're showing up right now or you would have what you want. So you need to get clear on what that person is about, how that contrasts with how you're showing up right now and get more into the being state. And that's the thing with mindset is 
so much of the time in the business world, we're stuck in the action, in the doing, in the strategy, in the tactics, right? And we need that. We need that for sure. But I always say that's 15% of our success. The 85% actually comes from the being. And there's a difference in us being in the state of that person who has the things that we are wanting to achieve. And when we then take inspired action from that higher level being place, that's when things start to shift because you start to act differently than you keep acting right now. Okay, so I'm hogging the mic here just a little bit, but I just want to make sure that I totally <laughs> understand this. So so when that, that first part, when I'm really questioning my beliefs, um, you know, if, and I'm journaling and the answers are things like, you know, my partner spends too much or my kids are too expensive, like those are the kinds of answers. Are you talking about me uh, as no, 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 your no, partner? No, 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 like, not, not, well, maybe I shouldn't know. I'm I do. I do but, spend too much. Um, so those are the kinds of answers where uh, I'm basically blaming outside of myself and I need to focus more on things like uh, I'm not earning enough or I need to be thinking more strategically about my business. Is that really the way that I should be, at least on the first part, directing my thoughts? Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of power in just becoming aware. And when we make something about someone else, we feel powerless is the, is the, is the big piece, right? We feel like, well, we can't change it. I can't change the fact I have kids and that they cost money. Right. Or like, I can't, how am I supposed to tell my partner that they can't spend, you know, X amount of dollars on whatever each month. Right. Like it's like, that's going to create arguments. Right. As soon as we start to offload that sort of origin of the problem to something else, we give away our power. And the idea is we want to look at it going, okay, yeah, there may be these different factors around us. But when we focus on ourselves as a change agent, then things in our world start to shift. Okay. So obviously, it's not like kids are all of a sudden not going to cost money. But maybe if you believe kids cost so much money, you're actually manifesting situations like your kids losing stuff all the time, right? Or like, I don't know, like, that doesn't need to be happening. But maybe there's ways that more expenses are coming up because of that belief than might otherwise need to be. Or maybe you would manifest something cool like someone donates a whole bunch of clothes to you or something that are in great condition. So you just saved a whole bunch on a fall wardrobe or summer wardrobe or whatever. So there's lots of things that when you don't ha- aren't holding that belief that that could shift as well. So what we want to do is just go within and go, how am I actually responsible for creating this situation? Okay, so get it all out, release and acknowledge what you're believing now, but then also go, what's my role in this? What's my part in this? Okay, good. Yeah. Rob, do you have more questions? I feel like uh, <laughs> nice. you, you got to, you're trying to figure this no, out. I want you to figure I'm, I'm just, I'm sort of, I get exactly yeah, what you're saying. And I think that's really helpful. You know, as I think about how I would do it, you start to blame very easily, you know, oh, well, my parents made me this way or mm-hmm. the job that I have doesn't allow me to do this. We see this in our group a lot, you know, where people feel like they're trapped by their circumstances or they're, you know, they're in a financial situation, yes. which very honestly is bleak in some ways. And so it's not just, for me, but you know, I can see people sort of struggling with that and saying, oh yeah, but yeah, I want to manifest a rent check here, but like, I still have to go to work, you know, and I'm working 12 hours at, you know, the McJob and I'm not making enough. And I can see a lot of those like very real world problems feeling unsurmountable. Yes. Yes, exactly. And in those moments, it is hard when you're kind of that much in that place of that kind of intensity of need um, and struggle. The best thing you can do when you're entrenched in that space is try to focus on feeling good. And this is one of the things that I I practice daily in my life is, okay, in this moment, how am I feeling? Okay. And starting to become hyper aware as you move through the day at any given moment, and you could even start setting an alarm, like, you know, every couple hours at first to just check in and be like, how am I feeling right now? How am I feeling right now? And the reason I focus on this is our emotional state is just a reflection of basically our own current energetic vibration. And when we want good things to happen to us, good things are positive. And in order to call those things in, we need to be what we call in alignment with them. And if we are on, it's kind of like a radio station. So if we are not on, if we're on like the 80 station and we're freaking out that the Beatles aren't playing, okay, it's because we're on the wrong frequency and we need to shift our frequency to be able to receive the Beatles music. So what we want to do similarly is, you know, oftentimes it becomes the snowball effect of when, you know, 
things are bad. It feels heavy. You know, it feels hopeless. You know, we're worried, like we're, you know, scared. There's all these kinds of emotions that come up. But the more that we stay in that emotion, the more we just start to attract more and more lack and more and more of what we don't want. So what we want to try and start doing is becoming aware of how are we feeling right now and then doing what we can to just reach for a slightly better feeling thought or do something that's going to just slightly raise our vibration. And it can be anything like something like putting on a song that you love to hear, like petting an animal, going for a walk outside, having a bubble bath. Like it's different for everyone, like what feels good, but making a conscious choice in that moment to say, I am going to step away from this feeling. The other thing you can do as well is that that feeling state comes about basically because of our beliefs and thoughts, right? So beliefs lead to the thoughts we have, which lead to our feelings, which lead to how we act, right? And that creates our outcomes. So if we want a different outcome, we know we need to act different, but we can't just willpower our way through it because we all know how that works in life. It works for a little bit and then we fall off the wagon, So what we need to do is work backwards more and we got to go, okay, so how do we act different? Well, we need to feel different, right? If we feel different, we do different things. Think about it. If you're in a good mood, you're driving down the road, you don't have a problem letting that guy in, you know, who's trying to enter in from the parking lot, right? You're happy to let him in. But if you're in a wound up mood, you may not even notice him in the first place. Or you might think like, dude, seriously, like, I don't have time for this. Like you wait your turn, right? Totally changes how we respond based on how we're feeling. And then one step back from that feeling is going to be your thoughts and then your beliefs. So watch if you catch yourself in a feeling state that isn't positive, go, where was my mind just at? What was I thinking about? What was I running through my head? Because that's a choice. We may not be able to necessarily choose the first thought that pops into our head, but we can choose whether we continue to focus on that or whether we choose to shift away from that. Hey, we're just jumping into the show today to tell you a little bit more about the Copywriter Underground. Rob, what do you like best about this membership? So this membership community is full of copywriters that are investing in their businesses and taking what they do seriously. Everything is focused around three ideas, copywriting and getting better at the craft that we all do, marketing and getting in front of the right customers so that you can charge more and earn more, and also mindset so that you can get out of your head and focus on the things that will help you be successful at what we do. There's a private Facebook group for the members of the community, and we also send out a monthly newsletter that's full of advice, again, on those three areas, copywriting, marketing, and mindset, things that you can mark up and you know tear out, put them in your files, save them for whatever, and it's not going to get lost in your email inbox. Kara, what do you like about the Copywriter Underground? So I, I love the monthly hot seat calls where our members have a chance to sit in the hot seat and ask a big question or get ideas or talk through a challenge in their business because we all learn from those, those situations. And then I also feel like the templates we include in the membership are valuable because who wants to reinvent the wheel? And Rob and I end up sharing a lot of the templates and resources we use in our own businesses. So I would definitely want to grab those. So if you are interested in joining a community of copywriters that are investing in their business and in themselves and trying to do more, get more clients, earn more money consistently, go to thecopywriterunderground.com to learn more. Now back to the program. All right. I have so many questions I still want to ask you. So I'm thinking what's at stake here for people, again, who might still think it's woo-woo or like they just don't get how this affects us as business owners. Can you think of some examples from your program or just um, colleagues that you've met to share kind of like what happens if you ignore this or you don't tackle it? And then what happens if you do handle it and you kind of deal with these money blocks? Yeah, for sure. So oftentimes what I find really helpful for people to kind of be more open to the idea that this mindset is a is a thing is to look at the common behavioral ways that these mindset issues are manifesting. So I always say, are you a big procrastinator? If you are procrastinating all the time, you keep intending to make something happen or oh, it's going to happen next week or I'm going to get around to that. That is a sign that at its core, there are money blocks. If you are caught up in comparisonitis, right? But my stuff's not as good or they have a million followers or why would anyone choose me when they can pick that person who knows more? They're more of an expert, right? When you're caught up in comparisonitis, the reason you're there and you're focusing on that, that is a reflection of a mindset issue. When you are caught up in distraction, right? So as entrepreneurs, we're 
endlessly passionate and multi-passionate. And yes, we can have a zillion ideas, but that doesn't mean we act on those zillion ideas and go in a million different directions at one time. But when we have trouble maintaining that focus and not going all over the map, that's a sign that there's mindset issues at play. Another big common one as well is when you are learning, but not implementing, right? So we can become learning junkies, right? So think about it. How many opt-ins? And you are not alone if you've done this. I'm raising my hand over here. How many opt-ins have you opted in for from Facebook or wherever? And you never even opened the email in your inbox. And you have no idea who some of these random people are whose names appear. And you just, you know, maybe you buy programs and you don't even log in or you log in once and then you don't really go through it. Or maybe you're the person who watches it all the way through, but then you don't actually take action on it, right? Why does that happen? All of those are because there are mindset issues at the core. So I just want to say that at first, because sometimes that helps people go, oh my gosh, I do those things. And it's like, yep. And you know why you're doing them? It's because of mindset. And all the strategy in the world isn't going to fix those challenges. And you can try. And a lot of people will do that. They'll keep buying strategy after strategy after strategy program. And you know, in a level that's wonderful because we can always learn something new and something different from another person for sure. But then they're going to start to become more defeated because they're like, but it's still not working. And they're like, why do these other people who have testimonials for this program get these results? And I don't. And it's like, well, just because they have the mindset, that 85% mindset piece that's working for them more with the strategy. So that's just a, just a little brief overview I wanted to give because sometimes that can help people understand more because mindset's so intangible. And that's the piece that I think is the biggest barrier for people is when it is intangible, how do we know this is a problem, right? So look at those behaviors. And if you're doing those, you'll want to be looking at your mindset. In terms of what's going to happen, whether you do or you don't work on it, well, if you don't work on the mindset, you're just going to get more of what you have. You can increase a little bit. I'm not saying you're going to be entirely stagnant in life because we aren't by nature that way, a lot of us. But what's going to happen is you're going to keep hit, you're going to hit ceilings, right? You're going to be like, why is it that I, and you'll catch yourself saying this, I just can't seem to, I just can't seem to. No matter what I do, you know, this doesn't happen, right? And when we use that language, it's actually a sign we're kind of in victim mode and not because we're trying to be victims, like, but it's just, it's a language of feeling helpless, right? Instead of a language of feeling empowered. And that's coming about because we feel like we've done all the things and it's not happening. And so we start to feel hopeless. It's just all the things hasn't been the mindset piece. So if you just keep going, you're going to get more of what you have within sort of a little bit of a range restriction, okay, up or down. If you work on your mindset and you, um, there's a lot of deep work we can do on really identifying the core roots of these different blocks, which ones are relevant for you, how to process them and clear them, how to shift those and replace them, how to get more in alignment. When you do more of that work, then what ultimately winds up happening is you can step higher into creating those shifts and changes so that you show up differently. So for example, it could be, you know, those moments where you feel like, you know, if you're low vibration and you know, you've got to write this blog post and, oh my gosh, it's not coming together and you don't know what to write on and it's difficult and it's hard. And how could you ever scale? Because it takes like three days to get this thing done versus when you work on releasing a lot of the blocks and the fears, you might be able to pound that out in like a couple hours. And all of a sudden, it actually feels more fun instead of like a burden. So the transformations, you know, can be massive. Like I've had, you know, students go from never having clients at all to having like a 10K month. I've had people go from being stuck at, you know, one income level to consistently being able to earn at another level. Other people feeling actually confident and capable about charging the rates they're charging and not feeling apologetic about it and being able to step out and make offers. And the cool part too, is that when we work on our mindset, it has a ripple effect across all of our life because anything that manifests in our business is probably manifesting similarly in other areas of our life too. And as we work on these beliefs, it's not just the benefits that we'll see start showing up in business. You'll get a ripple effect throughout everywhere. I'd love to hear more about 
specific examples of the work that you've done in your own life and your business, because I know you, so I know the journey that you've taken and how you've evolved and even financially, how you've had some amazing months and you continue to work on your money mindset. So can you share a couple examples, especially from earlier on, because I think it'll be more relatable, what you did and maybe the struggle you had and then the result. Yeah, for sure. So when I started, like I mentioned, I had that e-commerce business was my first online venture. And this is something that's important because I see this pattern a lot. I was in academia before and in academia, it was like I was the golden child, like everything felt easy and attainable to accomplish and to nail and to do well at. And then I came into this entrepreneurial world and it was like success in terms of money felt completely elusive. And so if any of you are like that, where you have felt in the more sort of traditional scholastic or training model, you've been successful and then are like, what the heck is happening? That's normal. And it's because it's a very different focus. Okay. It's a very different way that we are achieving in a different sense of vulnerability around how we are creating that success. So that's normal first off if that happens for you. So what happened for me was I started this e-commerce business and I was able to get it to the point where it was making money. Like it was like, I felt like on paper in terms of the revenue, it was doing well, but the rest of the business was just a complete shambles. And I was so embarrassed and so ashamed, but I had no money ever at the end of the month. And not only did I have no money, I was like $30,000 in debt from this business. And it was like, I would try and like bail myself out and then I might climb a little bit and then I would just wind back up in the exact same place. And I, I didn't understand, like, I didn't understand what was happening, why this was the case. Like I I was embarrassed because I was like, I'm highly educated and apparently like I can't do this. Like what's wrong with me? And I finally realized, oh my gosh. And sometimes it's funny. We're so close to our own world we often don't see things. And that's why we often need that guidance to help point things out to us. I was like, this is mindset. And I started to work with a couple coaches and on some programs related to mindset. And it was literally transformational. I literally went from when I had just right when I had started this new business of, of teaching strategy online, I went, you know, from like a $3,000 a month to my next month was like $24,000. And I was like, oh, like what? Right. And then of course, what happened after that is like the elastic band effect where like my inner psyche freaked out. And so then I like rebounded back, which is also normal and can often happen. So I went through this process of just like, it wasn't a case where it was just like, hang up my shingle and just bring in the cash. It was like, there was a lot of journey to that. But what I continued to focus on over and over and over again was my mindset. And this is the thing. A lot of people will feel like, well, I don't need to work on my mindset, you know, because I'm, you know, I am earning money. And I'm like, well, are you earning as much money as you want to learn? Because these money blocks and these challenges that we start to encounter, they affect us at every stage of our business, whether it's making your first dollar online, or it's taking, you know, a six figure business to seven figure and beyond. There's always going to be every time we are reaching for a new level, probably still some kind of unprocessed resistance that's there that we need to uncover, unpack, explore, process, heal. And then through that releasing, we can become more in alignment with receiving it. Good stuff. Okay. Can I switch our conversation just a little bit away from the money mindset? Well, I, I guess it's still money mindset stuff, but I want to talk a little bit more about passive income. Colleen, you've been called the passive income queen. There are a lot of people in our audience that would like to have some kind of passive income you know, in their life, whether it's related to copywriting or something else. Like, Talk a little bit about why it's important and how we can create these kinds of opportunities for ourselves. Yeah, for sure. So what happens for a lot of people is, you know, we start out in our businesses and we do done for you services or coaching, you know, in kind of a more one to one sort of model. And I truly believe that is the best place to start for a lot of reasons. But what will happen is as you start to grow and scale that business, you start to feel like you're on the hamster wheel and you start to reach an income threshold and you maybe start to feel overwhelmed because maybe you're trying to take on more clients to try and increase the income or trying to raise your prices, but 
if you have blocks around how much you're charging, then that can like backfire on you and you want to over deliver. And, you know, you can just, it just can sort of cycle into all these challenges. And so once you've got that, a certain baseline of income established, what you want to start doing is moving into a more leveraged model. And it doesn't mean you necessarily have to give up the done for you or one-on-one. I mean, if you want to, you can, it's, it's really a personal choice, but you want to start building in that kind of leveraged model. And the way to do that is basically through your online courses and they can be self-study programs or they can be leveraged higher level group programs where you can still be involved, giving a lot of support through live calls or Facebook groups. But ultimately the training component and module has been, you know, filmed and delivered and your amount of time that you need to put in after you've created that product is very minimal relative to the number of people that you can support and help through that. Colleen, what would you say to people who feel like passive income, just that it is easy to get that because I feel like it is kind of dreamy and so many online entrepreneurs want that. But like the reality is it's not really passive. It takes a lot of effort and it takes a platform to to build that. Um, So what would you say to someone who's thinking about it as more of a reality check before they move in that direction? Yeah, for sure. I always say try and have, like I was just mentioning, a stable base of income first. So you're not in panic mode because whenever we're operating again from a a place of panic or desperation, that vibration is just going to make the whole, it's going to throw the whole process off kilter. So I often find for people when don't even probably try to think too much about it, unless you're in a position where you're feeling financially okay, because the reality of it is it's going to take some time to scale it and get it up and running. And the amount of you know money that you can bring in from one-on-one or done for you with less clients is going to be faster than selling your programs. And that's why I suggest that. It's not that I don't love programs. I do. It's just logistically when you're wanting to get that momentum and that confidence from that momentum, it's going to be easier when you start and then, and then scale. But even when you're starting from that place of having like, okay, I'm making some money. I'm not panicked about making rent. I'm okay. You need to understand that it's not that it has to be hard, but there are more moving parts to it. Okay. And selling these programs, you know, when you're selling one-on-one, you can hop on a call with someone, or you can be connecting in a group and have a quick messenger chat and someone hires you. When you're selling one-on-one, it tends to be a little bit more hands-off. You might be doing a webinar, like a live webinar or a live challenge series, but it's a little bit different than that personal conversation that you usually have to close a kind of a one-on-one offer. So because of that, it's like you need to have more elements dialed in. Your messaging has to be nailed, right? You have to be so clear of those and copywriters know all this, but, you know, the pains and the desires and, you know, where people want to be and how to position that towards their struggles and be that kind of transformation that they want. All of that stuff needs to be dialed in on another level. And you also need to be in a position with your mindset where you're not going to internalize the, I'm going to call them failures, because I always say the only thing a failure is, is feeling your way forward. It's just information about how to get to where you want to get. But the challenges a lot of people make that mean something about them. So if they put, you know, they launch a course and they have these Facebook ads and they're like, my Facebook ads didn't work and no one opted in. And the people who did, no one bought my course and it just sucks. And no one wants this and no one ever wants anything I want. Right. When we take that emotion on, it's going to be challenging. What we need to be able to do is step back from that and objectively go, okay, we didn't get the outcome we wanted. Let's look at why. Let's look at where the leaky holes were. Let's look where things were breaking down. And then let's go in and fix that. And so it's very much an iterative process. And even those of us who are super established or super experienced in creating those programs and launching those funnels, what you don't see or what you don't hear a lot of people talk about is that behind the scenes, It is a constant iterative process of like testing and tweaking and adjusting and trying new things. And it's not like just hit a home run out of the park because you've done it before. It's almost always going to have that process to it. And that's okay. And it doesn't say anything about your worth or your value or anything, 
but you need to be able to have the time and the space to allow that to get dialed in. So you get to the place where you are earning that leveraged income. Yeah. You mentioned something earlier that really stood out to me. You know, so many copywriters struggle to charge what they really want to charge ideally for their services. So you mentioned that we really need to sell the transformation when we sell Mm -hmm. our services and maybe we're selling, we're selling the wrong thing. We're like, here is website copy, but really we need to sell the transformation that a client will feel. So do you have any advice for us to help us really focus on that transformation? Yeah, this is huge because it's honestly like with my course creation students or even students of mine that are creating, you know, coaching offers for packages, there is this intrinsic pull to focus on process and the way that we help people. Okay. And it makes sense because we're passionate about what we do. So we kind of want to shout about it from the rooftops. But the reality is you need to solve a specific problem problem. People have a problem. Okay. And really what it is, is about positioning. So to give you an example, I'm just going to use meditation because it's like an obvious one here, but it's like, okay, meditation is not a problem. Okay. That's a process. It's a topic. Okay. Healthy eating. That's not a problem. Okay. That's a topic. It's a process. So when we think about this, like what do people wake up at night saying, Okay. And what's really behind that? Do they wake up at night saying like, oh my gosh, I need to meditate or, oh my gosh, I need to eat healthy or, oh my gosh, I need website copy. I mean, they might because they think they need a website, but why do they think they need a website? Why? Because, oh my God, I don't have clients. So what's the core problem? The problem is feeling like they're not visible and they don't have clients, right? So when we make our offers, they've got to be positioned around that problem and pain and then the specific transformation. Your process is what's going to create the transformation. And I'm not saying you don't need it because, of course, that's what's going to take them from A to Z. But when you present it and talk about it and structure it, you have got to come at it from this is their problem. This is the transformation they want. And as much as possible, I always say, talk about those two because people don't really care that much about your process. They just care that you get where they're at and you understand where they want to be and what they want. It feels to me like as part of the solution, you know, of those kinds of situations is that people aren't well known enough for what they do. You know, if you're, you don't have clients coming in the door, it's because we're not necessarily seen as experts in what we're doing. Are there things that we can be doing to build our own credibility and authority in the space that we work in so that that problem sort of solves itself? Yeah. So it's funny because that's, so that is one of the things I always tell people when I'm like, they're like, how do I stand out from the competition? And I'm like, you earn your authority by showing, by resonating is basically the term I like to use. And when you resonate with people, it's like you can empathize with where they are and you have a crystal clear vision of where they're going. So one of the challenges that a lot of people wind up with that is they're focused too broadly in their niching and in their sort of audience of who they want to serve. And it becomes very difficult to paint those vivid pictures. So that's one thing. It sounds funny, but you ultimately authority is people listening to you, right? That's one way we kind of have authority and people are going to listen to you when you speak to them in a way that makes them stop and listen. And the way to make them stop and listen is to be like, I 100% get where you are. It's here, 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 and here. And this is the transformation you want. So that's one thing um, to really, you know, keep in mind. The other big thing I would say is when we sort of talk about, you know, struggling, you know, with our authority, right? There's this inherent sense that we're, we're judging our process, right? Or we're feeling like this isn't coming together how we want. And I always go, what are you making it mean? Okay. In your journey to wanting to create authority and wanting to be better, what are you making it mean right now that you aren't there? What are you telling yourself it means? And so when, you know, you post on, you know, someone's like, oh, I need a copywriter for this. And you're like, you know, maybe you post something, say, Oh, I would be amazing. I do this. And then you see like 10 other people recommend someone else. And you feel like someone just like poked all the air out of your balloons, right? So maybe that person doesn't hire you. What are you making that mean? Are you taking away from that moment? Like, well, I'm not as good, or no one would ever hire me because there's someone else more experienced out there, right? You've got to watch for that. And 
it's, it's this ironic way I'm sort of saying is like, we undermine our own authority a lot of the time is kind of what I'm getting at. And when we stop doing that is when we can actually step into authority. Because if we're undermining our own authority that way, mentally, then that's what's going to get reflected back to us. We're not going to be attracting that, you know, those people around us viewing us with authority. So it's not really just about thinking positive. Like I know sometimes a lot of people get caught up in self-development, like, oh, just think positive. And I'm like, okay, no, like that's a, yes, it's an important piece, but it's a piece of it. And it's an oversimplification really. Like, but basically what we want to do is watch those patterns, watch those tendencies, and then we want to process, heal, and release. And so we can shift out of that. But that's a big reason. People, a lot of people, a lot of us are just undermining our authority in ways we don't realize we're doing. And energetically, like everything's energy in this world. And I always say what physically manifests around us is a reflection of what's going on in our inner world. So if we cannot, for the life of us, seem to get traction with other people wanting to view us as worthwhile, chances are it's because we're not viewing ourselves as that. Wow. Okay. I love that so much. Um, so energetically speaking, we have alluded to this already, but I want to hear specific examples of how you take care of yourself and raise your vibration. What do you do regularly in your day, in your week to help kind of keep you uh, high energetically. And because, you know, you've got this all together and listening to you, it's like, oh, she's got it figured out, but you're human and you deal with this and you probably have bad days too. Oh my gosh, of course, of course. Yeah. And I have good days and bad days too. I was, so working with your mindset is kind of like going to the gym, right? So it's, it's a routine, right? It's something, it's not something you do once and you're like, boom, baby, I'm done. Right. <laughs> it's like, No, it's like, if you want the chiseled abs or you want to look a certain way, you got to keep going to the gym, right? And so if you want to keep moving forward and you want to keep up leveling, you have to keep working on your mindset. And it's not always easy and not always pretty because a lot of the times what we're going into and what we're working with can be kind of dark and upsetting. So for me on a daily basis, it varies. And I always say like daily and I'm like, you can't see me, but I'm like quotes in the air. I'm like daily because the reality is like everyone I'm human and not everything happens daily. Sometimes that's intentional of feeling like I need a bit of a space just to do more self-care instead of active mindset work. But there's other times where it's just me falling into my excuses or my own resistance for not doing the mindset work. So it, it happens. But most days what I will do is have, first off, when I wake up in the morning, I will run through some kind of gratitude appreciation list, just to ensure that like my first initial grounding and meeting of the day isn't reaching for my phone to check a gazillion emails. It's literally being in that vibration of being appreciative. And it can be simple. It could be like, I have air to breathe and these blankets are cuddly around me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be profound. Sometimes think people think gratitude stuff has to be profound. Like it's all profound. Like whatever we have, we can appreciate. So I'll usually start off with just something simple like that. And then when I get back from taking my son to school, what I will normally do is have a journal prompt. And sometimes they're journal prompts I have, like I work with mindset coaches too. So sometimes they've given me mindset journal prompts to be working on. And I will just journal those out by hand in a book. And then based on what comes up, I do a lot of EFT tapping. So for people who might be listening, are like, what is EFT tapping? (laughs) It's basically um, sort of modeled after, you know, a lot of people are familiar with acupuncture. So it's kind of like tapping on basically certain acupressure points around sort of the face and the upper torso area. There's a bunch of different ones. But basically how EFT works is that when we activate an emotion or a memory that, for example, maybe is negative or we're distressed or worried about, and we are tapping while we are talking through it and like living out that emotion, that tapping, those acupressure point tapping, it it sends a neutralizing signal to the brain. So it starts to release and neutralize the sort of stranglehold that that emotion and memory and belief is having over us. So, I use that tool a lot to kind of work as a release mechanism to just sort of process and take the edge off. And it's a lot of my clients is really quite cute though, you know, they come into my program and they'll be like, I don't know about this 
this, Colleen? But then they do it and then they're like, wow, it's like it really like I can feel the difference. It really works. And it's like, yep. And you don't need to believe whether it's going to work or not for it to have an effect. Um, I always just sort of say, be open to trying it because why wouldn't you be, right? Like, why not? If someone told you there was something that could potentially help you, why wouldn't you try that tool, right? As long as it's not going to like harm you. So so EFT tapping um, with the journaling is probably the big thing. The other thing I do, like I was mentioning earlier, is I try to be really militant about monitoring my emotional state and where my thoughts have been. And I even take it one step further now where I become more boundaried, you know, for example, with my my lovely husband, um, who sometimes likes to tell stories of like, you won't believe what happened and this person did this, you know, and it's sort of like, I'm like, okay, so I know he wants to be heard. However, like, do we need to keep telling this story for like 10 minutes? Or is it, you know what I mean? It's like, we, we can get caught in these patterns. And so I also actively work on helping him feel understood and heard, but also being boundaried around. And now we need to stop talking about this because, and I say it very lovingly, but it's because we want to be boundaried around how not only we're being in our own energy, but how we're also noticing and responding to the energy of the people that are around us and in our world. And like I say, obviously being empathic and understanding of their journey, but also helping them potentially identify and see ways that they might be, like I sort of say, we may not choose the first thought, but we can choose to keep talking about it. And if that story isn't one that makes us feel good, why are we telling it? Like, what is the purpose of that telling that story again and again? And a lot of times for a lot of us, we're just kind of addicted a bit I don't always like that word, but it's that's what it feels like, this, this strong magnetic pull towards, on some levels, a certain amount of drama, right? It's just part and parcel of kind of what we've experienced and, and we're in pattern about it. But when we start to recognize pattern and we're like, oh, I'm in pattern again. Oh, I'm doing that again. That's when we can start to step out of it. Holy cow, you've given us a ton of stuff to think about here, Colleen, from money mindset and not money mindset, but so much stuff. I'm imagining that there may be a few people listening that may have additional questions or want to connect with you in some other way. Where can they find out more about you and get on your email list and all of that? Absolutely. So ColleenArneal.com is my website and I have information there and trainings there and all kinds of good stuff. So you're welcome to, to check that out anytime. And specifically, if they want help with money mindset, you have a program they can jump into, right? Yes, absolutely. I have a money mindset reboot program um, that I love very much. And you can get information on that as well on my website. Thank you so much, Colleen. I, I've i already chatted with you several times about this, but I feel like I always learn so much from you. It's just a pleasure having you here. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Copywriter Club podcast with Kira Hug and Rob Marsh. Music for the show is a clip from Gravity by Whitest Boy Alive, available in iTunes. If you like what you've heard, you can help us spread the word by subscribing in iTunes and by leaving a review. For show notes, a full transcript, and links to our free Facebook community, visit thecopywriterclub.com. We'll see you next episode. Mm-hmm.